On this episode of the Synthetic Logic Podcast, we're talking about an awesome 16-bit gaming machine. If you thought we were talking about the Sega Genesis, I'm so sorry, you're incorrect. We're talking about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, our memories, our games. Of course, we're going to have the Song of the Pod. I don't know if that's our official title for that, but I'm going to go with it. And yeah, we're going to title. Yeah, it works. Why not, right? So, along with that, we are also going to talk about a little AEW All Elite Wrestling, and we're going to talk about All Out. It is All Out, right? Yeah, All Out. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I always forget. All right, cue that theme song. I'm Mike Murtis. You're listening to Synthetic Logic Podcast. And with me, as always, is my buddy cop podcast partner, Nikos Cosmopolis. Sir, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I'm drink- drinking a couple of bush lattes. And uh, I love our theme song, by the way, kind of off topic. But that theme song gets me pretty jacked up. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, outside of that, I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk some Super Nintendo, the best gaming system of all time. Absolutely, absolutely. And dude, I I have to say that I don't know what it is you've done, but it's like you've upgraded us. It's like I paid for the premium Nikos package, and now I have Nikos in high-definition audio as compared to before. So if you guys haven't noticed, compared to the last couple episodes, yep. Nikos' audio should be way, 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 way better. Uh, hopefully, I know that. Yeah, hopefully mine should be better too. I, I think we should, at least anything, kind of be like even keel on stuff, which will be kind of nice um, to, to just put into perspective like how crazy Nico and I are at, at this podcast. Um, we've completely like overhauled our audio setup. Uh, we picked up a brand new Zoom yep. mixer. Uh, Nikos is now rocking a Focusrite Scarlet 2-in-2 with a very, very professional condenser microphone. Uh, Nikos got that uh, via me today, via USPS. He went out and grabbed some additional accessories, and all was well, except for that one damn thing I knew and was looking at in my little bin as I'm, you know, I'm packing up the little suitcase with the microphone and going... Nah, Nikos probably doesn't need that headphone adapter. I'm sure his is built into it. So Nikos gets the package and he's hooking stuff up and he's like, my headphones don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Really let me down, Mike. I'll be so certain. No headphone adapter, man. Whoops. So uh, thankfully, a quick trip. You went to Walmart, right? Yeah, I went to Walmart. I bought like an accessory kit. It came with a bunch of other cords too. So I'm set up if I need any other random cord. Nice, nice. So yeah, we're all hooked up, folks. We should be ready to go. But uh, hopefully you guys notice how much better the audio is. Really, this like creates like a whole bunch of new scenarios for us because now we can have call-in interviews. 
um, which will be cool. You know, if we get some synthwave acts in that, uh, you know, want to have a quick interview with us, they can call via phone. Of course, they can go in via Discord, all that cool stuff. I won't get too nerdy with it, but let's just say that things are going to sound a lot better from myself and from Nikos yeah. here on out. Uh, so, Nikos, Mr. Instagram, the <laughs> god of Instagram, you've been a very, very busy boy. So, how's it going on the uh, Instagram realm for us? Uh, for us, it's going fantastic. I mean, honestly, I would just get rid of all other social medias if I could. Um, I like Instagram. Like I said, I can connect it to Facebook. So I, don't, I never even go on Facebook anymore to really even promote our things. It automatically just posts it right to the page. Um, but we've had some um, pretty interesting developments, I would say. I mean, we're growing pretty pretty good. I mean, I've only had this Instagram page for maybe three four weeks yeah. I've, i have 40 total posts and i usually do about two a day so you're looking at about 20 days 21 days and got 264 followers uh we've had a lot of really good like dialogue with other artists i'll give a shout out to nakatomi freefall they've been fantastic uh they've been great um <clears throat> supporters of our our podcast i know they really do love your unleaded logic I've gotten a lot of really good feedback on your music. That's so cool. I'm very happy that you gave me uh, those videos. Um, and I'm just trying to support as many artists as I can, man. Like I, I like having this platform to, you know what, if we get, you know, Instagram famous as they call it, whatever <laughs> happens. But I, I just like the fact that I can go on there, share someone's photo, um, share someone's song that maybe doesn't have a lot of Instagram followers. And I mean, not that we have a lot of Instagram followers, but I can, I can share it and I can, it's, it's nice. It's a, it's a lot more positive and it's, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun interacting with different, um, different artists like at 1980. They're a great synth wave band message me said, thank you for the, you know, thank you for the share. Thank you for listening to our music. We really appreciate it. It's just been cool to actually interact with some of these, uh, some of these artists, whether that be through music or through the cyberpunk synth wave art that I've been finding and, it's just been really cool, man, and I, I can't wait to see how it goes. I mean, we're almost at 300 followers, so, I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. I'm no Instagram expert. Maybe someone can, you know, Instagram me, synthetic underscore logic underscore podcast, and tell me if that is a lot or not, but I feel like it's a good idea, and um, I'm excited to keep doing it. Look out for our song of the day. It's my favorite part, honestly. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, you're doing a great thing. You're giving people promotion, which in the social networking world, especially on Facebook, especially on Twitter, um, it, it can be a real bitch, man. You know, you're posting stuff in groups and no one responds or no one really says anything. And it's kind of like, you know, tap, tap, is this thing on? Um, Instagram, it just seems to be completely opposite of that because, you know, I'm sitting yeah. there. Um, I'm sending you these videos, you know, just for an example from my end. And then all of a sudden I see all these people liking like the Unleaded Logic videos you're putting up on the Synthetic Logic podcast. And I'm also seeing like all these other artists just follow my Instagram page, which I think is really, really awesome. So the exposure out there is awesome. You're doing a great service to a lot of people. Um, yeah. as, as much as I like the music, I love the images and stuff you're posting too, man. I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, I'm digging deep into the into the synth wave art. That's why I love Instagram is because I can follow a hashtag. Yeah. So I just go to synth wave art or cyberpunk art, and I just scroll and keep scrolling and keep scrolling until I find something that I like. Like uh, yesterday, I posted a a really great uh, Back to the Future 
uh, photo. It's really, really awesome. So, I mean, it's it just, it's, it's been fun and I'm going to keep doing it and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm loving it. So I love the people we're interacting with. Um, I got a special, uh, song of the day tomorrow oh, nice. for, uh, for Logan DX. He has a new single fantasy world that drops tomorrow on Spotify. I promise I'd give him a shout out. Nice. So, um, so yeah, it's gonna be good. Look out for that tomorrow. It's a really, really good song. It's called Fantasy World, and um, I'm gonna keep doing this, keep promoting other people while promoting ourselves as well. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, man, what you playing anything new lately? You playing any games? Uh honest to God, I I'm kind of lame. I have that. Uh, I've been playing just battle royale games. I'm kind of lame. I've been playing uh, Apex. I've been playing Fortnite a lot. I've been playing Fall Guys. I don't know if you've played Fall Guys yet. I have not. What is that? I can't, it's so hard to describe, dude. It's like <laughs> 60. You're like these little blob characters, and you run through the obstacle courses, and you qualify each round. So like one round, 40 people qualify. The next round, it goes down to 20 and so on and so on. I haven't won yet, but I've gotten to the finals a couple of times. It's fun. It's just a – it's a – a quirky little game it was for the free game of the the month for playstation last month so oh that's cool nice yeah and then Fortnite, i've been getting better at that and apex i'm trying to get better at so just uh i don't really have a lot of time to sit down and play any single player campaigns Mm -hmm. like i really want to uh so hopefully I'll, i'll be able to get a break here soon and dive into some more of my single player campaigns nice. how about yourself so i'm playing a couple different things at the moment um i actually just finished the first chapter of tell me why um that is uh god what's a good example of it oh, it's almost like indigo prophecy or heavy rain oh, like those types yeah, of titles one of my favorite games yeah yeah like I'm it's yeah, it's like Dot Nod essentially is the company that's doing it, and they've done Life is Strange, um, one and two, um, and this is like episodic. So if you have Xbox um, Game Pass, basically their whatever their service is, um, you you get the entire game for free, but it's chapter based. So they just put out the first chapter this month, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, as you're going through the game, like um, it's not so much like supernatural or it doesn't seem like supernatural yet um what the the whole concept of the game is is you play as a a brother and sister that have kind of like this inner voice like they can hear each other without actually talking to each other almost like a i don't know like a a psychokinetic link or whatever you want to say which is cool um, but they've had like this traumatic past happen to them. Like their their mother like legitimately tried to kill um, one of the kids, and there's this whole mystery of you know why she did it, why she freaked out, um, how the mother died, like all of this stuff. So there's like all these story turns, and of course there's like these different like forks in the path that you can take. Like you know if you agree uh, with your sibling or disagree, or how you handle things. Like you can solve puzzles the right way, or you can like beat them by brute force. Um, it's kind of like a just a a calm game to like sit down and play like you mentioned like you like indigo prophecy like i love that game that's like uh, a a great example of uh you know it's not like a full game if you will it's more of like an interactive experience right but it can be so so enjoyable Um, is it kind of like detroit becomes human 
Uh, that? Yeah, it's very close. Which which I love that game. Detroit Become Human. Yeah, was oh man, just awesome, awesome game. But uh, very similar to that. So I finished that. You can finish that in like two three hours. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then there's another game that I've been uh, I just started up. And this game has been out for a couple of years. And it's actually a sequel to another game. It's called uh, Near Automata. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you look at the front cover and you're like, okay, anime girls and high heeled boots and swords, and it's probably just a hack and slash and stuff. And you're like, it's probably not that interesting. Um, but it's cool as hell. It's like devil may cry meets like Gradius, uh, like a twin stick shooter and everything else. Like you're flying through the air, you're doing like space shooter stuff. Um, just all this awesome. different stuff like coming at you. That's just freaking awesome um so i just started that that's another one that's available on xbox game pass that i downloaded but honestly i'm liking it so much that i may just end up buying it outright so um we'll see but uh, and i guess the characters are hot too so i can't complain there <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does not suck yep absolutely absolutely so speaking about games you know you and i after our synthwave top five episodes we're kind of like what are we going to do next? What are we going to talk about? And I don't know if it, you know what the reasoning was behind it. I know I was like snapping some photos of the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, and I'm thinking about doing yeah. an article about it for Old School Gamer Magazine. And I'm like, Let, let's talk about the Super Nintendo because that's one of my favorite consoles. It's one of your favorite consoles. And I was like, you know, th this would make a cool episode to talk about video games because yeah. to me, like synthwave and video games kind of come hand in hand because of the nostalgia associated with it you know yeah absolutely i mean just some of the i have to imagine so many of these synthwave artists got their inspiration from a lot of video games i imagine that has to go hand in hand absolutely absolutely so yeah so this episode all about the super nintendo entertainment system this was a console that launched in japan as the super famicom in 1990 in japan and then eventually made its way over to north american shores as well as european shores later but it came to north america in i think it was late 1991 and this yeah. was quite a substantial upgrade from the 8-bit nes days and uh, man i was all about wanting the system like nikos can you recall like the first like site or scene Ooh. that you remember seeing the super nintendo uh if i recall i remember it was either like at a walmart or like a toys r us they had the cabinet where you could play the uh super mario world and I remember that being like really my first my foray into the Super Nintendo. Uh, I think I ended up getting it for Christmas eventually when I was like 1993, 1994, and I was like seven years old. Uh, so that's really my first experience uh, with the system itself. Um, how about yourself? For me, man. Um, so what? Okay, so I got to ask you this: what, what, like sure. Walmart was it that you saw the SNES kiosk in? Because yeah, we're from uh, the same the one area. in McHenry. Okay, so you saw it, in McHenry, man. The first time I saw the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, it was playing Super Mario World. I'll never forget it. It had the TV screen. It had the two controllers coming out of it. On the top, it had like this cylinder neon red super nes sign on the top of it right that it was just like you need to come play me right now 
This is what that thing just freaking screamed. And you could, oh, yeah. you could hear it, you know, bringing up your shopping cart to the electronic section at Walmart. You could hear Mario spinning around and picking up turtles. And he was in a cave and you could hear the reverb in the cave and everything. And I'm going, <laughs> we're, we're coming up to that electronics <laughs> section, man. And I'm like, Oh my oh, yeah. god! Oh my god! What is that? It sounds amazing. And you see this? Mom, Mom, can I play? Can I play? Can I play? Yeah, and of course, you know, there's like a line of people like playing it. In my case, it was just like one lady that was playing it, right? And she's playing it, and she's going through the level, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is this is so cool! This is amazing! Oh my god, this rocks!" And she was probably like, you know, mid late twenties early 30s so you know what does she do she goes this is amazing and she looks down she grabs a super nintendo box and drops it right in her goddamn cart like it's nothing man like uh, like uh, 160 bucks no problem that's hilarious so um you know i play it i'm blown away because of course i'm already a hardcore hardcore nintendo fan right you know born and raised yeah. on my nintendo entertainment system and here it is the next level and, uh, you know, I, I look at my mom hoping that like the same, like miracle can happen. I, you know, I pick up the box and go, can we get this? And she just looks at me like, son, you're crazy. We don't have the money for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was like my first entry into the super Nintendo. And then eventually my dad rented a super Nintendo entertainment system from, uh, a place in Crystal Lake called Video Game Adventures, which is like the mm -hmm. sister store to um, the store you're familiar with in McHenry. Uh, not Nintendo. All Tendo, yeah, man. Hell yeah, I love that place, man. Yep, yep. So we rented it with a copy of Street Fighter, and then not too long after, man, it was 1993. It was the end of March, beginning of April. We picked up uh, for, as a joint birthday present. Our parents let us get a Super Nintendo. We picked that up from Walmart. My little brother was sick as hell, I remember. He had, like, the flu or something, and I was like, well, sucks for him. It looks like I'm playing Super Mario World tonight. <laughs> you poisoned him, didn't you? I did. I did poison him. <laughs> All right, and, uh, yeah, man, I got that Super Nintendo hooked up. I think it was, like, a Friday night. I stayed up all night and I beat freaking Super Mario World in one night. My mom was so pissed off. I mean, what did she expect, though? I mean, come on. You can't leave Mike alone with a Super Nintendo and not expect him to beat the entire game. Absolutely. So it was like Super Mario World, like the game that came with your Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. I remember that game came with it. Um, it was probably Christmas of 1993. Okay. Like you said, like you said you got yours probably April and March. And that was probably Christmas. I mean, I was a spoiled little bastard, man. Six <laughs> years old, six and a half years old with a, my own Super Nintendo. Um, I used to – that game was prevalent. And then Donkey Kong, obviously. Donkey Kong Country. Oh, yeah. That might have come with my system. I don't know. Because I know they had a bunch of different versions of like actual pack-ins, like – I think they had like a Super Mario World version. They had a Donkey Kong version. I think they had a Super Mario Kart version. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they had a Street Fighter 2. I remember that game was huge in that game. I don't know if they had their own system, but mine might have been the Donkey Kong. Nice. Nice. I, I think there was a Donkey Kong package one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that might have been my first. That game, Super Mario World, Donkey Kong. Uh, I just remember finding i just love that game super mario world so much it's because you could go backwards not that you i mean like it was just mind-blowing that like oh i got, almost got to the level well i just lost my feather cap i'm gonna go all the way back to the front of the map 
get Yoshi again, and then beat the level again. And it was just so fantastic. I and all the little mysteries, all the little side adventures. Like I remember beating the game and being like, I'm 98 percent. What the hell? <laughs> like you know, having to go back and try to find all the different secrets was so great. Remember that Star World that you could find at the end, and it was oh, like, yeah, super yeah. hard. Star World, those bitches. Yeah. All the different colored Yoshi's. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. For like, I, I think the first game we got was Super Mario World. And then, you know, obviously after we beat that, it's like, well, we have the Super Nintendo. Now the rental library just opened for us to start renting Super Nintendo games. And God, man, I mean, that if you were a kid in the 90s, like that's that's how you consumed like most of your games was like rentals and Street Fighter 2 shadow run like uh, there's just so many so many freaking games we went through to try and there were good ones and of course there were bad ones like uh, there were truly bad games like uh, yeah some some do you remember like a new hope in those games the star wars games i remember those games not being very good yeah man it's it's funny because you talk to a lot of people and they're like oh those games are so great they're so fun and there's you know you they're balanced and everything and it's like Dude, I remember renting Super Empire Strikes Back and having to fight that swamp monster like 50 freaking times because it was so unbalanced and took so many hits. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For, for me, like Super Empire Strikes Back was my favorite, but the only reason was because it had a Hoth, you know, snow battle scene in it. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with the Hoth snow battle scene. Yeah, and like that wasn't like truly perfected until like N64 with Shadows of the Empire, wow. but... Uh, the Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rogue Squadron was another great one. For sure. Like, what was some of your favorite rentals, like, during that period? As far as games go? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, let me see. I mean, I could start with, like, Super Bomberman. Oh, yeah. I think it was number one or number two. Like, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Oh, my God. Um, that was a great game. Uh, it was really my first uh, foray into like Final Fantasy. Like Final Fantasy Two was a Super Nintendo game that I, I liked a lot. Uh, I mean, there was just so many Super Double Dragon. Oh yeah. Uh, even games like Mario Paint were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earthworm Jim. Yep. Obviously, Super Mario All Stars. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh. Yeah, the list goes on. Killer Instinct. I mean, you oh. could. I could go on for days on the Super Nintendo, dude. Like, I mean, there were so many games. I had a running tab at all Nintendo. Like, <laughs> I would literally the guy. I like, I would show up like, you know, a day late, and he wouldn't even care. He's like, you literally buy rent so many games. Like, he would literally just be like, okay, yeah, no late charge or anything. That's cool. That's I want to remember cool. that guy's name. I want to like reach out to him. Be like, dude, you like shaped my entire youth. I appreciate you. <laughs> I would love to have you reach out to him and figure out like what the first name was, like what the last name was, because it was his mom that ran Video Game Adventures in Crystal Lake. That was you know his side store or their side store, and I'll I'll never forget, man. Like you know, such a cool experience. You go in there, she took your picture. You got a cool little like color ID. I think you still have yours, right? Yeah. I have it. It's in my, I have like a drawer here full of random junk and it's in there. Yeah, man. Like it was cool. You came in there, you know, she scanned your card. There was the blue tags and those games were a buck. And then there was the black tags and those games were like two, $3. But like all Tendo, 
video game adventures like i never went to altendo because we never went to McHenry. but video game adventures was essentially the same thing and they had so many more games than like your standard like video rental store that it was just like a joy to go there because it was like this whole new world of games that you've just never seen before like that's where i played like shadow run for the first time and that was never available at our local video store dollar video but that game blew my mind and it is still one of my favorites um, but that store just like it mysterious. Well, okay, I was a kid, right? So there were there were obvious circumstances to it. But one day we went to go rent games there, and it was just gone. Oh man! Like clothes. I know it, it did just disappear though. Because I remember riding my bike. Because I only lived like five houses down from Altendo, so I would just ride my bike there. And I remember it just being gone, just one day, just gone. No questions. No like anything. No like, hey, we're going out of business tomorrow. No longer in business. They went from Altendo to Outendo. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have loaded the rim shot sound. Yeah, on I know. I could we have. have this new fancy mixer. I want some sound effects, Mike. Oh, we'll have to throw that on there for sure. <laughs> there will be some horrible jokes, folks, on this podcast. So if you don't like that, you probably should unsubscribe. Yeah, exactly. Man, you mentioned Contra Three, and I'll never forget going to Crystal yeah, Lake. And I heard Contra's three, like that first stage, right? Like, like th- that's the soundtrack to that is so like intense, like like we just entered venture and we just like make a left in the store and you can hear it all the way down to the electronics yeah. section and it's just like blaring and it's like oh my god what the hell is that you grab the controller and you start playing and you know you're trying to figure out what does what and you hit the x button and you launch like that nova bomb that just covers yep. the whole screen those snes <laughs> kiosks weren't messing around man like they had oh, a tremendous sound system yeah man they were amazing they were amazing from that regard so um that and killer instinct dude um a classic that was a a black cartridge it was a black cartridge different different colored cartridges yep and it came with a music cd uh depending if your rental store or not like gave it to you or if you bought the game brand new but um the video store that we used to rent games from all the time and videos from all the time actually let us like rent that like two days early just because i think i called every damn day uh, like like do you guys have killer instinct yet you have like yeah we do but it's not officially out yet like when you're putting out like just come to the store and we'll let you rent it like please leave us alone <laughs> please stop calling <laughs> oh man but you know the, the that system was just uh so great and you know i i do love the sega genesis too i have no hate for the sega genesis I mean- I mean, that's the first console war. If you really want to get like uh, technical about these console wars, like Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis was the first one. Yep, like, that was legit. Like, this is it. Two competitors going at it. And I owned the Sega Genesis. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to trash talk the Sega Genesis because it was a pretty fantastic system, and I yeah. will probably do an episode about it. But the Super Nintendo just was was better <laughs> yeah like for me i was a nintendo kid and i didn't have me access too. to the sega genesis so you know i was i did i was a spoiled <laughs> i'm telling you i was folks i was a spoiled little bastard i'm telling you i had my mom got me the regular nes this this nes when i was like four and then i would beat her in mario i'd get to the final level about to beat bowser and she would reset the goddamn game and make me play it 
all over again. I mean, I, if I was getting beat by a four-year-old, I would probably do the same thing. And it probably still scarred me to this day. Like, I have to finish games once I start them. Like, it mentally screwed me up. So thanks, Mom. I really appreciate that. So now I know exactly what I'm going to do to you at your bachelor party this year Dude, in the video if, games. If you set the game, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm straight up to skullgock you in the face. Dude. I'll trigger some, like, horrible memory, and I'm just going to end up breaking everything. Oh man, that's amazing. That that may or may not happen. I, I may take the hit for that one. Just uh, oh, dude, yeah, that'll be a bottle over the head or something. Like that. <laughs> oh man, that's too good. That's too good. But we will have to do an episode on the Genesis because I, I appreciate yeah, that we too. Do. It was good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what was like your your top three games for the system? Like, it, it, uh, go to the system now. Like, what are your top three games? Oh man. Okay, so if I had to go back in time and pick my my top four, maybe if I had to, I, I mean, I want to eventually get a an amazing video game collection like yourself. I mean, you can't see what I'm seeing, folks, but there's literally a wall of video games. <laughs> Mike. He showed it on his uh, on Leaded Logic Instagram and his Facebook. It's amazing. He has, would you say thousands? You have over a thousand video games. Um, I have you counted it before? Yeah, well, I st- I counted and then I stopped counting. Uh, but I have over like seven thousand titles. Yes, yeah, seven thousand titles, folks. Not a thousand. I was way off. <laughs> seven thousand titles. Um, but oh man, if I had to really go back and choose games, uh, I'd probably go with number three. It's gonna be a tie. And I, I, if you follow our, our podcast or if you followed our casual mark, I have a really hard time making lists. It's one of the most difficult things I struggle with in my lifetime. <laughs> um, so for tie for number three would probably be uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle in Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is the best uh, Ninja Turtles game. As great as the uh ninja turtles arcade was for the nes which was a fantastic video game and if i could get the cabinet of that game i would buy it right now <laughs> uh, and if we do open our barcade eventually that will be one of the games that we have i'll i don't care how much it costs absolutely uh, that game just was it was so good it was it took everything from the previous even like uh ninja turtles 3 ninja turtles 2 ninja turtles 1 all those games all those arcade games and it just took it to another level uh the boss fights were so unique um you kept you kept going and going and being like okay this is the end of the game and then i was like nope i got four more levels left it it was such a fantastic game Uh, i don't know if you've ever did you play that game a lot so growing up, I was also a huge, huge Ninja Turtles fan. So, I mean, I went through the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy on the NES, the original game, the arcade game, Manhattan Project, saw Turtles 4, Turtles in Time at the arcade, saw the intro, shit my pants because I was so amazed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, getting a Super Nintendo, uh, renting Turtles in Time was like a big, big, big yeah, it was a good deal. Uh, so fun me and my little brother tore through that freaking game and even if you for some reason like can't get into the game it's one of the best side scrolling beat-em-ups there is this soundtrack i mean it's a konami yeah. classic so good absolutely i agree 100 percent 
it's I don't want to say it's the best of the Ninja Turtle games because I don't know, dude. Like the original for the NES, the arcade might be my favorite. It is a damn good port considering like what they had to work with on eight bit hardware for sure. That also has a great soundtrack. And I think the fact that it had a stand up cabinet game that I could go to arcade and play definitely enhanced that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But that'll probably be my number three. Um, The tie for number three, I'll I'll go on to the next one, is uh, NBA Jam. And it's not the original, it's the tournament edition. Yep, absolutely. Uh, And just because you could add all those uh, hot spots, like you get like seven points, six points. Uh, NBA Jam was honestly like one of the first games I, I don't know one of the first games I beat all the way, but one of the games where I I was, I'm so good at that game. (laughs) <laughs> I will play anybody in the world in NBA Jam. I'm not even joking. You ask ask Aaron Nelson. He knows. Ask uh, my friend Bill McCafferty. He thought he was the greatest NBA Jam player of all time. Went to his work with my NES and schooled him. <laughs> <laughs> Beat him like 70 to 20, and he threw the uh, controller down. It was great. Um, that game was like my first game that I was really good at. Like I, I honestly... If there was competitions, I think I would have been able to go into competitions and actually win money. No, no joke. I was so good at that game. I beat all 32 teams super easily. Um, it's just a fantastic game. I mean, the guy who does our, uh, you know, the sponsorship for Mike's magazine is the, a guy, a most iconic voice of all time. Uh, you know, it's on fire and yep. all that. Boom shakalaka. That. Boom shakalaka. And. You know, he's heating up so great. And it was just a fantastic sports game. And uh, it's probably my favorite sports game up until that point. What team did you play as? Chicago Bulls. Come on. Howdy <laughs> <laughs> Pippen in the corner all day, bro. Like 60 points. And that little corner spot would never miss. So were you, I mean, this is almost like a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Were you obviously disappointed that Michael Jordan wasn't in the game? Yeah, it, it really was because, like, if you look back, he didn't really give his likeness out. The only games that he actually put his likeness out were for the Sega Genesis, actually. Yeah. And it was uh, Chicago Bulls versus uh, the Portland Trailblazers. It was like a 1991 version of the game. And that was, like, really, like, the only game you could play as Jordan. And, yeah, it was disappointing that you couldn't play as him. Yeah, it, it sucked. But, like, you got to pick the man. You know, he had B.J. Armstrong, Tony Kukoc, Horace Grant. Like, it, it didn't matter. Like, I was already a Bulls fanatic. And honestly, when that game came out, like, he wasn't even playing. I'm pretty sure he was retired at that point. Like, 1994, 95 is when he retired. So, like, when that game came out, he wasn't even around. So, it gave Scotty Pippen a chance to really shine. And I, man, I love that game. So, there was one Super Nintendo release that featured Michael Jordan predominantly. And maybe you've never heard of it before. Maybe you've never seen it before. But it wasn't a basketball game. It was a side-scrolling platformer game called Michael Jordan. And I think it was called In Windy City Chaos, where, like, Chicago is turned into, like, an apocalyptic zone, and Michael has to use his basketball skills to defeat the enemies. We'll we'll have to hunt that one down. We'll have to play that. Yeah, I've never played that. Yeah, I, I, I heard it's not very 
uh, much worth playing. But you, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it. You know, after a few cocktails and whatever else is going to happen when you uh, spend a couple of days here or we do the bachelor party, I think that might be a game we throw on just so we can complete our Michael Jordan missing memories from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And man, that sounds that sounds good to me, man. Did you did you ever play NBA Jam or were you? I know I don't know if you're a big sports guy, so I don't know if you really played those games. So for me, like the only time I can legitimately say that I was into sports and I'm going to be super honest here. I was bandwagging it. Uh, I was jumping on the bandwagon for sure. My little brother was a huge, huge, huge basketball fan, huge Chicago Bulls fan. So by proxy, I watched the games and I did get into basketball very much through that. Um, so when NBA jam came out, it was kind of that ultimate uh, culmination of, you know, seeing the Bulls on TV, getting into that Chicago vibe where basketball was just the thing and being able to get it in your hands and control it and have this arcade experience. I mean, I played it in the arcade. I played it on the Super Nintendo. But as far as a game where, like, me and my little brother bonded cooperatively instead of, like, at each other's throats with Street Fighter uh, was... <laughs> was NBA Jam because, you know, you yeah. could play two players, you could play four players if you had the multi-tap on that. Um, so many great memories of playing that. I wasn't very good at the game. I wasn't great at it. I don't think I've ever finished NBA Jam. Uh, so oh, hats okay. off to you there uh, for completing that. But, um, you know, you made me, like, just think of, because you said if there was, like, any NBA Jam, like, competitions out there, you would have loved to play them. Um, there was the Blockbuster Video Game Championships, and they played a special cart that played like two minutes of Donkey Kong Country, two minutes of NBA Jam Tournament Edition, and two minutes of Judge Dredd. I would have murdered in that competition. I love Judge Dredd. That game was awesome. That was a fun game. Dude, you could have been the Blockbuster Video Game Champion. I don't know if you follow Dr. Disrespect. Do you know yep. who that is? He, he is, he's, yeah. He's a 1993, 1994 blockbuster video game champion, as what he claims to be. I don't know if he actually won that, but that's what he goes as. I'm trying it's funny that you mentioned that right now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I think I remember looking into that. And I think I think that's BS. It's just a part of his character. I hope so. It's I, so <laughs> hilarious to me. I laugh so hard. I'm like, is that a real competition? I, I think the... Um, or the real world champion for like 1993 or 1994, I think it was 1994, actually like wrote this big ass blog post about how much full of shit Dr. Disrespect is oh, um, yeah, and how he's great. not the champion and everything. And I remember yeah. telling somebody about it and they were like, that's impossible. Why would this Dr. Disrespect lie? And I'm like, really? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That's so. That's so, uh, literally the only other time I've ever heard anybody mention that competition is just right now. Yep, me and my little brother played in it. We, it, you went to Blockbuster like three weeks in a row. They had an SNES championship and a Sega Genesis championship. What would like the qualify? How would they like judge like how far you could get in the game in two minutes in Donkey Kong? It was how how much you could sort, and it was special like special like competition stuff. Like, and, and you know, thinking back. Maybe I'm like merging my memories and I played for like both systems because I think maybe the Super Nintendo one was just Donkey Kong and the Genesis one was Judge Dredd and NBA Jam. I'll have to look, but I swear to God, I thought I remember okay. playing NBA Jam and Judge Dredd on the Super Nintendo as well. But Donkey Kong Country, you would have to collect. It was like uh, 
abridged versions of the stages, right? And you would have to find like the bonuses, the hidden bonuses and get all the bananas and stuff like that. And the more bananas you had, um, it would tabulate your score. And then I thought it went into the next game. And depending on how you did there, like how many three pointers and stuff that you got, um, it would like, it would add your total up. So I'll have to look because maybe I'm merging my memories together, but I know for super Nintendo, you played donkey Kong and I know for sure on the Genesis, you played Judge Dredd and NBA Jam. Maybe they're split off, but I'll, I'll find out. And I'll see if I can send some information. But it was a cool tournament. And anytime you played, right? So if you came like first place, second place, you could go on to the finals and everything. But every time yeah. you played, you got some sort of like booby prize. Like uh, you got free game rentals or you got okay. like this. Do you remember the Marvel uh, flare trading cards, like those really badass comic book yep. cards that were glossy and everything. Mm-hmm. They would give you like five packs of trading cards for free. Holy shit. And it was like, oh man, I'm the video game champion. And it's like, look at your kid score. Your little brother just kicked your ass in this. And it's like, oh, yeah. but a uh, cool experience. So, um, NBA so Jam, man, that like, it just takes me back to so many memories. Yeah, dude, that's great. I, I mean, honestly, it's, thought he was making that up i didn't know it was an actual competition it is like, I, the only, I played the it only that i watch so like he talks about <laughs> it all the time so i'm just like is this a real thing dude like i mean i guess i could do a quick google search just why they invented the internet i guess but, um <laughs> i guess to move on to my number two um this one you obviously know is one of my best friends aaron nelson this is a game that we used to play in his basement of his parents house and we would play all night long and it's honestly I, I know I just said NBA Jam was my favorite sports game this one but I'm gonna say this is it it's called Super Tennis Mike <laughs> showed me he has it in the box uh, before the podcast started he's showing it right now you can't see him but I can Super Tennis was a fantastic fantastic sports game and it was really one of the first sports games that had like a really in-depth like competition associated with it so like you'd play tournaments all over the world on clay on grass hard court uh they had you know dozens of different characters i remember hiro i h-i-r-o was one of my favorite biff was one (laughs) of the one of my favorites that i used to play with just because of back to the future obviously yep um but that game just hours and hours and hours in his parents' basement, just playing that back and forth, playing doubles against the computer on the hardest difficulties, uh, playing against one-on-one, trying to beat the campaign all the way through. It was just great. It, it rem- the only other tennis game that ever came close to that was the uh, Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Color. Yeah. It had like an actual like storyline to it. Um, and it was just great. I mean, I don't I don't really know how else to describe it. I mean, it was just it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. Did you get that early with your Super Nintendo when you got it? Because I yeah, think this it was, was a long time. It was time. one of my first games, I feel like, that I had. Yep. I remember having that one for a really long time and getting really good at it. <laughs> yeah, the date on this one is 1991, and I want to say this was an original launch title with, like, Pilot Wings and a, uh, a couple other games that first came out with the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, it's it's on the if you ever go out and you buy the Super Nintendo Mini, yeah, it's on. So, um, yeah, Road I have to seven. imagine probably one of their first uh, one of their first games. Did you ever play that uh, Super Tennis? I did. This was one of those rentals from Video Game Adventures where it was like a, a buck rental and you could keep it for like two years if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably why they went out of business yeah so you know it was it was a fun game and like you said it had like the grass and the clay and everything else you could play and like i'm a terrible like real life tennis player i can't play worth a crap um but this was fun and this was one of those first games like uh, let me see like if i say the term what does mode seven mean to you I don't really know. What what is that? So all all of the special scrolling that like these games would do, like when Bowser would like get super big in the screen and he would spin around, or if you played like like F Zero, like the background coming at you and the pixels getting bigger and smaller, um, the balls and stuff, or the 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 court rotation and super uh, super tennis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, that was all Mode Seven. Um, which okay. was just like a special term for like what the Super Nintendo used um, to describe how it like turned pixels and stuff like that around. Um, you know, was it anything really special, like exclusive to the Super Nintendo? Not really, because the Sega Genesis could do it too with a little bit of different processing. Um, basically, it was a marketing term. Like uh, Sega Genesis had blast processing, right? And that's what could make Sonic so fast, which was a marketing term bullshit thing yeah um mode 7 was like super nintendo's way to con back that but they you know they they had their signature stuff to it and that's what uh, mode 7 did with super tennis but yeah i had fun with super tennis it was a cool game good music too if i remember correctly oh yeah the, the music on the game's great yep um but i just remember being getting so frustrated sometimes because <laughs> the computers were so good sometimes i get like the finals and just get my ass kicked and just I remember that game being like one of the first games where I would like spike a controller. <laughs> I would just get really, really pissed and just because I would hit a drop shot and it would hit the net and I'd lose and I would just launch my controller and there goes my Super Nintendo along with it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that was just, just a fantastic game. Uh, I used to, like I said, I used to play with my friend Aaron all the time and it's honestly one of my fondest memories. Please bring that to my bachelor party. Dude, the card I have has everything on it. Everything. Right, one cartridge everything that's why you're my best that's why you're one of my best friends <laughs> no problem um, all right and then uh number one uh and it's honestly this is one of the games that was just on like every commercial for the super nintendo and it's classic it's probably people are gonna be like, oh of course that's your number one it's f-zero you mentioned it one of the best games so ever good. created. I- I- I'll still stand up and say that's uh, to this day one of the best games ever. Uh, like you said, it. Oh man, like how the game moved. It was so smooth. What is that? So is that the soundtrack. You guys can't see it, but I am holding the vinyl soundtrack. This is a bootleg, but someone put this together and very beautiful. Uh, mastering and everything this is the soundtrack to f-zero the soundtrack to f-zero kicks so much ass i'm sorry keep going oh yeah no no, no. I, so i'm gonna say like it, just between the music and the graphics and like just, just everything just the noises when you would hit the walls or you hit other carts and shit would be exploding like it, it was so good like and it was it was it was a game that like really like didn't make me sick like i felt like there was a lot of other yeah. games that would move really fast like that, that I would kind of be like, oh, I can only play this for a little while. Too much motion, too much going on. Like that game perfected racing. And I mean, mean, people will probably tell me the best racing game is Super Mario Kart. I mean, that's a great It's good. Don't get me wrong. But it didn't touch F-Zero. Just on the soundtrack alone, I'd 
I'd give it to F Zero. Absolutely, man! So many different characters you can play as. The music was incredible. That was probably one of the first racing games. Like um, going back to the Nintendo, like Rad Racer was a huge, huge yeah. racing game for me. F Zero though kicked it up a notch, man. Like I remember, like my fingers being like locked on to the controller mm-hmm. and you're going you're going you're going you're trying to get past all your different opponents and everything and you're in first place and you're first place and you've taken up so much damage and you know your your meters flashing the alerts going off and you're like i just got one more lap if i can do this one more lap i'm gonna make it and you're coming so close to these hairpin turns hitting the barriers yep. and you're almost gonna explode like so much tension to that and it's odd because as much as i like f-zero I never really got into any of the sequels. Did you play any of the sequels? No, uh, no, honest to God, like F Zero, that was it. I didn't play really any of the other sequels at all. To yeah, be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I played the other Mario Kart sequels, obviously, but those became bigger titles. But right. F Zero, no, no. Yeah, same here. Same here. I don't know why because I love the original F Zero so much. Like it's the same thing with uh, Pilot Wings. Did you ever play Pilot Wings on the Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. love it. The soundtrack's great. The gameplay's great. It came out for Nintendo 64, and I think it came out for Wii or something like that. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just never gravitated towards it. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those games are like that, though. Like, they were so good on the 16, uh, 16 bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, the 16 bit. So, like, it, it was so good, and the graphics, it was just perfected. And then they try to take it to uh, another level with the newer graphics, and you're just like, this isn't as good as the old school game. So those are my top, my top four, I guess you asked me to do three, but I always had to go above and beyond for our podcast. So, uh, those would be my top, uh, top four. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. I want to hear Michael Mertes's top. So, so this was tough dude. Cause like you said, yeah, I have like so many super Nintendo games. Like I have a complete in box games. I have loose games. I have games with just the, you know, the game and the manual and everything. And I'm like top three, Holy hell. Like there's no way that this is like a definitive list. Like if we did another podcast four months about the super Nintendo, I'm sure this would probably change. Um, but these, these three are some of my all time favorites for sure. That, um, if the Super Nintendo turns on, I'm going to fire it on. And number three is Street Fighter 2, but specifically it's Street Fighter 2 Turbo. So this came after Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior and before Super Street Fighter 2. Um, why is this game so like absolutely amazing to me? Because I think this was like the middle ground for perfection with the initial cast of Street Fighter characters. You know, Chun-Li, Guile, Sagat, M. Bison, Vega, Balrog. Like they put the bosses in this version um, because that was really like Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition was the version that I went to arcades with and mopped the freaking floor with people with. Like, uh, talk Including about- me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to that after the midnight. Yep, exactly. Like we, uh, me and my little brother used to make people line up to like try to beat us. Like you know, they put their token in, we kick their ass, and they move on. And then like if I lost, my little brother would switch in eventually, and we we just like would roast people. And like this was like Street Fighter Two Turbo was like the perfect addition for that. Yeah, the graphics and stuff were scaled back, but the music was there. Street Fighter had some excellent music. The stages are there. All the moves were there. And this was one game that my older sister actually got into playing. Like, she'd play as Chun-Li all the time with, the her, you know, her lightning kicks and everything. And just doing all the combos and stuff and playing those games forever. I mean, like, 
I own a Street Fighter 2 arcade cabinet. Like, Street Fighter is one of my favorite series. So, um, this one is like an instant go-to because it just recalls so many, so many memories for me. In the arcade, at home, at a friend's house. And really, when Super Street Fighter 2 came out, like, it just seemed like a little too much. Like, they were like, you know, let's see if we can get another 60 bucks out of people. Uh, don't get me wrong, I thought the extra characters were cool, but uh, it lost some of that luster that Street Fighter 2 Turbo had with it. Did you ever play uh, Street Fighter 2? Yeah, I played that um, quite a bit, actually. I was always Vega. Okay, yeah. He reminded me of, like... It's like a weird combination of Casey Jones and Wolverine. Yeah, you're right, actually. So if I had to like take those characters and just put them together and then just a badass. Because he had <clears throat> Vega had the claws, he had like the hockey mask looking on his face. So I mean that, that those are probably he was probably my favorite character. I personally didn't play a lot of fighter games. I was really into Mortal Kombat. I'd mm. have to say more mm-hmm. than Street Fighter, to be honest with you probably why you whooped my ass <laughs> uh, when we went to the uh <laughs> to the barcade uh but uh, yeah i mean i i remember playing it and my friend um who went to college with josh novak was a huge street fighter we would get a super nintendo the old school one he would just like you said line people up beat everybody down as quickly as you possibly could absolutely absolutely total classic there for sure um, next, these next two, you know, the, no ties, um, and you could interchange these, but my number two is a uh, final fantasy three slash six. And it's interesting. Cause you mentioned final fantasy two, like you played a lot of that, right? Yeah. Final fantasy two was the one I played the most probably. Like Final Fantasy 2, I didn't play until after I played Final Fantasy 3. And funny enough, that was one I rented from Video Game Adventures a lot because they didn't have Final Fantasy 2. Um, but they had Final Fantasy 3, and Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 was promoted to holy hell in Nintendo Power Magazine. And I want to say, if I didn't play the original Final Fantasy on Nintendo first, then Final Fantasy 3 is my first actual Final Fantasy game. And I was just totally captivated by like all the different characters you could play as, the music, uh, Nubo, Nubo Yuematsu, I think I killed his first name, but Yuematsu, the last name for the composer of the Final Fantasy music. Sorry, just incredible. Um, it was a game I played for hours, and it was one of those games where it's like, guess what? You can rent this game as many times as you want. You're never going to finish it renting it. So... I begged and begged and begged my parents to buy that game for me. And because it was one of the games that required like all the extra memory, of course it was like an $80 game, which my parents were like, Oh my God. Um, (laughs) But I did get it for my birthday and I just played the living hell out of it. My little brother played the living hell out of it. And I have so many memories too, of like um, jumping on like America online and looking up like an FAQ and finding out about um, this secret that you could do when you were like riding these rafts and you're trying to escape from like the Imperial uh, Army. If you have a turbo controller and you tape the turbo controller down with one button and you set your menu up to like memory, so it'll do, it'll repeat every last command you did, um, you could set it so your characters would go on an infinite loop in like these rapids 
and you could basically like have the game overnight like grind for you because you had a character oh, this wow. time that would heal for you and then you know you let your super nintendo run for like two days and you'd be at like level 90 and you could go oh, through wow. and just kick the shit out of the rest of the game so <laughs> i printed an faq for this game on an hp inkjet printer and my parents were so pissed because the it didn't do double-sided prints and i think the thing was like 500 pages yeah i was just gonna ask you how many pages it was <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot but and that's what ink was like 80 dollars a cartridge it was man and of course you know my parents were like well make sure you save enough ink for your book report like hmm, this one's gonna be hard to read uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but man you know they were mad about the printer they were much madder about the uh, long distance phone charges we had calling uh america online but that's another story but uh yeah we won't we won't mention that yeah fa a fantastic game and when i finally finished final fantasy 3 i want to say that it was like just when spring was like starting to come back man and like the snow was melting and it was starting to get into like the 60s and i remember finishing the game and you know, watching the end credit sequence and looking out my window as the sun was bright and the snow was melting away and it was just like, you know, life was like beginning to grow again. So that's like a really like nostalgic memory for me that's attached to Final Fantasy 3 for sure. Did you ever play 3? No, I mean, honestly, like I could probably go from Final Fantasy 2 to Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. Like that was, that's my jump. I just remember Final Fantasy 2 being because you were Cecil. Yep. Uh, and it was just a great game just because you had like, is he going to go to the dark side or what's yep. he going to do? Is he going to go to the darkness or destruction? Like where, what's he going to do? Uh, it was such a great game, but I, I, I skipped probably three and everything up to that and just went straight to seven. Nice. Well, seven was yeah. a seven was like the gateway for like tons of people in North America, yeah. you know, for their first final fantasy game. Like they, they didn't play anything like it. Um, and that was a bestseller. I mean, the, the remake just came out this year, which was also pretty amazing too. So, um, you know, Final Fantasy games have a, a big, big place in my heart, but for sure, three slash six is uh, one of my absolute favorites. And the next game in the series, um, my number one game right now is uh, Chrono Trigger, man. Um, yeah, man, gosh. talk about a game that like just really hit like all these different themes like at once like rpg time travel sci-fi fantasy adventure cool combat lots of different characters multiple endings you could play the game over again with all your levels and all your experience and uh again another game that was just super super promoted on nintendo power magazine and I, I couldn't wait to play it, man. I couldn't wait to play it at all. And this was another one. I called the video store every day. You got Chrono Trigger? No. You got Chrono Trigger? Oh, God, not this kid again. Chrono they Trigger? They're out of business, Mike. They're like, you know what? This, this is not even worth it. Yeah, yeah, we're done. We're closing. Yeah, we're just kidding. This is annoying shit. <laughs> oh, man. But they finally did have it. And I'll never forget, dude, because it was like a Tuesday night. It was a school night. My dad didn't have any money to rent the game, and um, I called so many goddamn times that they actually called us to let us know the game was finally in. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I was so excited, and I asked my dad if we could rent it, and he's like, I don't have any money. And I was so disappointed. I went back to the phone, and I was like, 
I'd love to rent it, but we don't have any money right now. And they're like, um, we'll just put a charge on your account. Come, come pick it up. And I was like, are you serious? Like the manager did that for us, man. And, uh, yeah, they let us come in and pick it up without paying for it. They just put a note on our account. Yeah. I mean, like Corner Drigger, you'd have to honestly say is like pretty revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. And like the fact that it had multiple endings, I uh, had a lot of their side quests were really like character developing. Yep. Uh, and even like the battle system was just like so unique. And I mean, it was, it was so good. Everything was like interconnected with each other, like so well, yeah. right? Like you didn't do anything that didn't make any sense to the rest of the plot of the game. Absolutely. And like, just like the fights and stuff, like, you know, final fantasy two, final fantasy three, you're walking around on a map and you know, and all of a sudden it loads into the battle mode, right? Like this, it was like, no, like you see the enemies on screen right now and the fight just starts and goes yeah. like it was so interconnected. It was so smooth. And the whole plot with, like, you know, this interstellar, like, alien life-sucking being that crashed into the planet, like, 60 million years ago and is slowly draining the life stream of the planet away um, was just such a cool concept. And, you, you know, you could go and fight it, you know, early when it first landed or all the way in the future after it came out and, like, blew away most of the planet, like... That was yeah. such a killer game, and it sucks because, like, when Chrono Cross, its semi-sequel came out for the PlayStation, like, to this day, I still haven't been able to play that game because it's so slow and just doesn't kind of follow that uh, uniqueness that Chrono Trigger had to it. But, um, you know, that's a game that it's extremely pricey to pick up now, and I'm lucky enough to have a box copy of it, like, complete. Um, that... Wow that that's one of my favorites man like start to finish um, from renting it from finally being able to get my own copy like it's just a tremendous game for sure oh yeah i mean like you said it was like probably one of their best-selling games like they marketed the, the crap out of that game like i remember seeing just commercial after commercial after commercial about chrono trigger and i ended up renting it from i believe i don't think i ever owned it but i definitely and i did up renting it i don't think i ever beat it unfortunately uh because i think i only had seven days and between school and playing outside with my friends just kind of got like a a little bit of the gist of the game um but i mean like i said it was it was truly very i I like to use the term revolutionary it really set the pace for a lot of the other role-playing games that came after i mean i have to imagine a lot of the people who created a lot of these other Final Fantasies that came after that and a lot of these other role-playing games look back at Chrono Trigger like, that is how you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go, man. There's there's my top three. I mean, that's a fantastic top three, man. I don't think we could go wrong either way. Absolutely. It shows the kind of difference with games that we played, too. Yep. We're more of a role-player uh, fighting game, and I'm sitting over here with the sports racing games absolutely but i gotta ask you dude like you know for you what was the end like you know i I know you have a super nintendo now i know you play the games and everything but for you what like kind of struck the ending point of playing super nintendo for you um honestly it was when my cousin jeremy got the nintendo 64 and i played super mario 64 nice like this is one of the best probably if i had to make like an all-time video game list that game's on there mm-hmm. um and i'm trying to think of like my last real like 
game game that I played that I can remember. And honestly, I think it might have been just NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Like I just remember that play, playing that game and then transitioning to the 64 with 007 and all these other different different games. Like now maybe like 1996. Mm-hmm. I know they, I know they, they discontinued the Super Nintendo in like 1999. I think yeah, it was like the last year that they released games for it. So. Uh, I mean, that would have to, I'd probably have to say around that time, just like when the Super Nintendo or when the Nintendo 64 came out, it just it was revolutionary, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, very true. Like for me, it was probably around 1996, 97. Um, you know, I was talking about how I was printing like FAQs for games and stuff on my PC. It was finally when I really started getting into like PC gaming itself. Games like Doom, Heretic, Hexen, Wing Commander, like everything that the PC could offer. Because I actually had a pretty nice PC. Um, and, you know, figuring out how to like replace parts in a PC and upgrade and everything. And I was just like totally, totally sucked in like about how powerful a PC game could be. I mean, you get full motion video, um, you yeah. know, a full 3D graphics and everything. And it, it, it seemed like such a revolutionary step over the Super Nintendo that um, that like kind of for at least like two years killed console gaming for me completely. At one point, I actually thought about selling my console games because I was like, well, crap, like the PC is so much better. And it wasn't until PlayStation came out and Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out. My buddy picked up a PlayStation. He went from the original Nintendo to the PlayStation. That was he didn't play the other two systems in between, or the last three, four systems in between. There, no man, totally crazy, right? Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge jump. Yeah, so he picked up Spawn, Crash Bandicoot, Resident Evil 1 or 2, I don't remember, and Castlevania. And I remember going over there and he was telling me his mom picked this up and he was like, yeah, I got this game called Castlevania and it's pretty cool. And I was like, oh man, I loved Castlevania on the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. And we played it and I was just totally blown away. And at that point, I was like telling my dad, like, we need to get a PlayStation. And we eventually did. Um, but that's what set me back on the path of like console gaming. And even now, like I play some games on PC, but I'm still pretty much a console gamer. Me too. I mean, the only game I play on the PC is probably civilization, civilization five and civilization six. Um, that's it. I mean, I, I have never been a, a PC guy. I've always been in console through and through owned every console probably <laughs> since then yes like i said spoiled bastard over here <laughs> um, but yeah I, I never went down the pc route man i don't know why um my fiance now has a pretty powerful pc that i'm using for our podcast that i probably could download any game that i wanted to and play but i don't know i just i like the i mean i know i can hook up a controller to the pc but i like this the console and the disc games i I don't know it's always going to be that way for me think i don't think i'll ever be able to to switch off of it it's nice just being able to sit on the couch and play man yeah it's true plus i'm not really good with the mouse and keyboard so absolutely absolutely well 
that concludes the Super Nintendo part of our podcast. So we are going to go ahead and get into the song of the pod. And then after the song and a message from our sponsors, we're going to talk about the next pay-per-view coming up from All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Nikos, can you talk us in a little bit about the song we're going to be playing here? Uh, I mean, you made me switch to Spotify against my will. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, we'll admit that it was a it was a great change, and um, they do a great thing where they your liked songs they'll make daily mixes for you, and they make like three or four. And this song came up on a daily mix, and it's such a just a catchy tune. Uh, it's synth wave based. They're more of like pop wave. If I had to give them like an actual genre, I think that's probably what they consider themselves. Uh, the band's called, uh, I'm assuming it's called Nick Mystery, N-I-K Mystery, and the song's called So. Uh, it's a great tune. Uh, it was our Synthetic Logic song of the day yesterday, uh, so check it out. We're going to play it for you right now. Awesome. So here is So from Nick Mystery. We'll be back with this song and a message from our sponsors, and we'll be talking some AEW. See you guys in a few. Yeah. 
Everybody, Tim Kittrow, voice of some of your favorite video games like NBA Jam, Mutant Football League, NFL Blitz. Hey, I could go on and on, but I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk to you about a magazine that talks about me. That's right, it's called Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming. Hey, it gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. Hey, I'm still here and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. You have time to take your butt off that couch, put a clean t-shirt on and get to the show, plus a whole lot more. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! Welcome back to the Synthetic Logic Podcast. You were just hearing some awesome songs, some awesome ads, and holy crap, a great personal retrospective on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System from both Nikos and myself. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get very serious. It's time to talk about All Elite Wrestling. And we're going to talk about the upcoming pay-per-view from All Elite Wrestling taking place September 5th, 2020. Not at the Sears Center this year. What a travesty. Instead, this will be taking place at the Daily Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Nikos, talk a little bit about the event and why don't we roll through the card here and we'll give each other our thoughts on this year's third edition of All In slash All Out. I mean, I just want to talk about how sad it is that it's not happening at the Sears Center because we would have been there. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> this would have been the third year Mike would have gone. I wasn't able to go last year due to a son-of-a-bitch hurricane. Yep. Uh, but this year, our goal was definitely to go to All Out. Um, and it, it sucks it's not going to be live in front of a crowd. I mean, I know they're doing like a 10% or 15% occupancy now at the Daily's Place, but this is AEW's flagship show, All Out. Uh, 
I don't know, rip off of, but it's a continuation of their, not even there, but the Young Bucks and Cody did a show called All In that Mike and I were able to attend. That was amazing. It really changed the professional wrestling world. Hell, it got them their own promotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I mean, there's nothing else you can really say about that. Um, so, I mean, this card this year, it's pretty good. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to some of these matches. And I, I said we just go through it real quick. I said we just focus on the top three. But we'll talk about the whole card. But just uh, the uh, one of the matches is Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. If Matt Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. Uh, Mike, what do you have to think or say about that match? Uh, I think it's a great addition to the card. Sammy and Matt have already had some pretty brutal uh, battles with each other, some bloody battles at that. Um, some accidents have happened or some so-called accidents with chairs and everything. But... Can I just say that Sammy Guevara is probably one of my favorite wrestlers in All Elite Wrestling. Like, I follow his vlogs. I know he's had some issues, and he had to go take some sensitivity training. But, uh, you know, he's a pretty he's a pretty young guy, let's face it. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's like 20 yeah, yeah, you know, people say stupid shit. Things happen. Uh, but I really really like him in AEW and I really think he's a staple of the company. I'm hoping he gets the win with this. I know if Hardy loses, he must leave AEW, but what version of Hardy leaves? Is it extreme Hardy that may have a little bit of copyright infringement uh, stuff with uh, WWE with it? Maybe who knows, Uh, but that would be the way I would do it. He loses and uh, he comes back as truly broken. Yeah, I know that's why Matt Hardy um, stopped the broken gimmick. He didn't want to do it in front of an empty crowd because it didn't really doesn't really deserve to be in front of an empty crowd. That gimmick is so special, and and it kind of sucks that he debuted like right when the coronavirus hit. Yep. Even his debut is in an empty crowd, and like I, I I've watched that back before, and imagining the thunderous ovation he would have gotten. So. Um, I agree with you. Sammy Guevara is probably one of the best wrestlers and entertainers in all elite wrestling. So much so that Chris Jericho has him as his second in command. Yep. Uh, he's his tag team partner. He mentioned it, I don't even know, a dozen times on commentary last week. <laughs> um, I do see Sammy Guevara picking up the victory. It's important for him uh, to go over Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy doesn't really need the victory. Uh, and if Hardy loses, I think it will be the broken gimmick which he's kind of been focusing on with the whole tables and everything so that hardy will leave and now that we're starting to get the crowd back again a little bit i think um broken matt hardy makes his reappearance on a future episode of dynamite very nice uh episode or episode seven holy crap (laughs) match number seven is technically to be determined versus to be determined um this on this week's dynamite it's uh private party uh and socal uncensored versus jurassic express and the young bucks uh, and the winners face each other uh on i think that's how it goes right the winners face each other on the at all out i'm assuming it's going to be jurassic express versus the young bucks because private party as great as they are they're still young they're still up and coming yeah socal uncensored daniels and frankie kazarian don't need the tv time nope uh it's really important to focus on Jurassic Express. I do think Jungle Boy, eventually when he does break away from Jurassic Express, will be a staple of the company. He's a great wrestler. Um, and, I, and the Young Bucks, they're going to be on the show. I mean, they're the Young Bucks. They run the company. I doubt they're right. not going to be on the show. So 
Uh, if I had to pick a winner, I'm going to go with the Young Bucks uh, winning that match, especially after all the shenanigans that went down on Dynamite with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the Bucks too. Uh, honestly, not super super interested in this match. You're totally right about Jungle Boy, but I think the gimmick needs to go whenever he climbs to his yeah. next level. Yeah, yeah, he'll be <clears throat> just Jack Perry is. Uh, JR so calls him Jungle Jack Perry. Can't call him Jungle Boy for whatever reason. Um, but uh, I agree with you. Uh, eventually, the gimmick has to go away. So yep, uh, we're gonna go with the Young Bucks in that one. Uh, episode episode six did it again. <laughs> Match number six on this card is the Dark Order. Uh, Brody Lee, the new TNT champion, with Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson uh, going up against. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, which uh, is Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, for whatever. I really don't like that guy. <laughs> um, I hope the Dark Order goes over. Um, Brody Lee doesn't need to be losing right now as the TNT champion. He just demolished Cody. The Dark Order needs to be established as the group. Whether or not that means Matt Cardona goes over to and joins the Dark Order or one of these other people goes over and joins the Dark Order, I think Dustin Rhodes in the Dark Order would be really cool. Ooh, yeah, that would be he cool. really go kind of really old school, gold, gold dusty with uh, with that. So uh, I'm going to go with the Dark Order uh, and Cole Cabana taking, getting the pin over Scorpio Sky. I'm going to go with Colt Cabana actually screwing over the Dark Order because who the hell knows what's really going on with that. And then we're probably going to see Brody Lee feud with Colt Cabana for the TNT title after that. Uh, the, the Colt Cabana thing is just weird, man. I, I really don't understand it. Um, Colt Cabana's booking in AEW has just been, it's been awful. Let's face it. Yeah. I, I love yeah. I love Colt Cabana. Uh, great wrestler great character but what in the hell are they doing with him i don't even think they know yeah that is one of i guess the biggest complaints you could say in aw is the booking has been a little weird they have a lot of people and i think they maybe brought in too many people so they're kind of trying to figure out uh young bucks probably own one i assume so uh yeah I, I i like what you said i i could see cole cabana screwing over the dark order but this match like i said doesn't really do anything for me qt marshall's in the match so i will skip it <laughs> uh the next is the 21 man casino battle royale and the winner receives a future aew championship match uh the announced competitors are darby allen lance archer brian cage ricky starks pentagon jr ray phoenix the butcher the blade and eddie kingston there's still 12 other people not announced. Uh, Mike, who do you see going on to uh, receive a future AEW championship match? Honest to God, man, I want to see Eddie Kingston win it. I want to see Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. They have passed together. Uh, John Moxley was actually really pumped that uh, Eddie Kingston was getting an opportunity to work with AEW. You want to talk about a guy that has been around the business for a long time and has paid his dues. And yeah, he has his issues, uh, but has put in the work. Eddie Kingston, you got to go all the way with that guy. I mean, that guy was a vet. Um, when I was helping put the ring together at IWA Mid-South, he was still like wrestling kind of those lower tier shows and doing stuff with uh, Ring of Honor. And that was 2003, 2004. 
Um, yeah. So, you know, he doesn't have to win it, obviously. I, I think uh, Moxley is going to retain against MJF, but I'd really like to see Eddie Kingston get a win out of this, you know, kind of screwing over this group of people he's putting together with the Butcher and the Blade and Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. And, uh, you know, having them tossed over or eliminated from the battle rail and then picking up that opportunity and him and Moxley just going to an all out freaking war. I will say that Cody versus Eddie Kingston is probably my favorite TNT championship match that Cody had had. It was just brutal. Can you imagine that with an expert in that kind of match with John Moxley? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That has money written all over it right there. I want to see uh, it. Yeah, me too. That'd be great. I didn't. I didn't, he wasn't even on my radar. Honestly, um, I really am gonna go with Lance Archer. Okay. I really do think they need to really get on board with one of these big guys. Yeah, I know they have Brody Lee. He's a TNT champion, but they have uh, Brian Cage. They have Lance Archer. They have these monsters that have kind of had this 50 50 booking mm-hmm. you know it's like they're on the show one week they're not on the show the next week i mean lance archer's lost one time and it was to cody which i don't think he should have probably lost i think he probably should have won that match as great Agreed. as those tnt championship matches have been yeah it really derailed his momentum big and even, time uh jake roberts you know touches on it yeah he, and his homo was like we lost one match and where we what the hell we've been doing so I would love to see Lance Archer go on and face John Moxley. I think that would just be a hell, hell of a match. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's see. The women's championship is up next. It's uh, Hikaru Shida it's taking on the NWA women's champion, Thunder Rosa. This is the first cross-promotion match, champion versus champion. And it looks like NWA might be working with AEW going forward. I would love to see Nick Aldis. and Yes. This girl ever emerges from his hole and he's forgiven. That would be great to see him over there too. Um, who do you think comes out on top on this one? There's no way she to loses, right? You know what, man? Um, I don't think she to loses. I hope, I hope she does though. I hope there is this huge push for the national wrestling Alliance to really get a victory out of this, especially uh, with Thunder Rosa. She is one of my favorite female wrestlers right now. I don't know if you watched NWA Power when it was being produced and put out, but she is an incredible female wrestler. I'm oh, actually yeah. really, really looking forward to this match between these two. So I I hope she wins it. If she doesn't win it, then I hope that she continues to have a role on All Elite Wrestling Television because she's a tremendous talent. And due to the coronavirus and due to um, you know this whole Me Too movement, um, a lot of the NWA stuff has been put on hold because their whole management is kind of in shambles. You know, I just heard that uh, uh, Stu Bennett slash Wade Barrett is probably going to be uh, going back to WWE full-time for NXT commentary. So he was a huge part of NWA power. Um, So NWA is kind of losing their people. Uh, You know, Ricky Starks, same thing. Eddie Kingston, same thing. Those guys were tearing it up on NWA power and they're appearing at AEW. So Billy Corgan wants to get with a company that wants to do their stuff and wants to hang on. I mean, they they did it to begin with. Don't forget that Cody won the NWA world heavyweight, world's heavyweight championship 
from Nick Aldis at the very first uh, all-in. So the the opportunity is there. I think they need to make the best of it. I hear New Japan Pro Wrestling is uh, really starting to put together some ties with Impact Wrestling. That's all due to Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They're pushing for that hard. So uh, AEW can kind of you know get their interpromotional ties together with NWA and that is a company that has a huge legacy behind it and Cody can go be the NWA champion that's fine yeah exactly um I'll agree with you I would love to see Thunder Rosa win I mean I don't know what that says about the women's division in AEW I know that's been a sticking point for a lot of fans a lot of the complaint online about AEW is the women's division it's just not taking off Uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily whose fault that is but besides Akara Shida I don't really care about any of the other women wrestling yeah as bad as that sounds for me to say so um thunder rosa with a victory would be pretty great and we can get some more nwa uh cross promotion that'd be pretty great yep uh the match i'm looking forward to the most and probably has the most intrigue and if you follow bte if you've been following these two factions here if you want to call them factions history over the last couple years uh, this is for the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. It's Kenny Omega and Adam Page, the champions, versus FTR, formerly of the Revival, now Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. They now are being managed by Tully Blanchard. Now, if you didn't watch this last week's uh, AEW Dynamite, Hangman Page cost the Young Bucks their match and to kind of force them out of this match. And he's been kind of hanging out with FTR. They've been teasing it. Who is he going to be with the Elite? Is he going to be with FTR? And this is a match I'm so looking forward to. Mike, what do you think happens? I think this is where the swerve and the uh, obviously in the pay-per-view comes. I, th- I think there's going to be a double swerve, man. I really do. And I, I think it's going to start a few matches back. It's going to be that match with, uh, you know, potentially if it happens, uh, the Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Bucks are going to turn heel. Okay. So that sets the tone for the night, right? Bucks going heel. And then we get down to this Kenny Omega, Adam Page versus FTR. It's been written for months, right? The wall, yeah. the writing's been on the wall that Adam Page is going to screw over his friend, his tag team partner, Kenny Omega. It's so obvious, it's too obvious. I honestly think what's going to happen here is everyone's going to expect Adam Page and FTR just to beat the hell out of Kenny Omega. I think what's realistically going to happen is they're going to be wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And I think Kenny Omega is going to turn on Adam Page. And what's going to end up happening is uh, the Bucks, the heel Bucks, are going to help the now newly turned heel Kenny Omega beat the hell out of Adam Page and beat the hell out of FTR. And now you have this three-on-three feud, right, for the championship with this tremendously hot heel team of uh the young bucks and kenny omega and they can kind of go on and do their own things then i for whatever reason man i see adam page and i see ftr as good as they are heels i can totally see them as white meat baby faces like old school white meat baby faces that you can get behind i don't know if you agree with that or not yeah i mean they've been teasing so many different things the the a lot of the four horse four horsemen references i know you have Sean Spears in the background. He's being managed by Tully Blanchard. So you have three. 
You have FTR, you have Sean Spears. They're looking for that fourth. And if you've been watching, you think it's going to be Adam Page. That's what the writing on the wall says. Adam Page, Adam Page, Adam Page. What I think happens is Adam Page goes to turn on Kenny and at the last second changes his mind. However, Kenny sees that, turns on Adam Page, and leads the new four horsemen with FTR, Tully, and Sean Spears. Damn. Something has to change with Kenny Omega's character. Yeah. I, I feel like if anybody is in this company's character that needs something different than what's happening, it's his character. And I discussed this with my fiance. We're huge Kenny Omega fans. I have basically a shrine of the man on my wall. <laughs> um, and I, I, I want the cleaner back. It doesn't have to be the cleaner that I saw in New Japan, but he's so much better as a heel. He's so much better as a, as a dick. He's his style of wrestling is is that. Yeah. He's very heelish in his mannerisms. His move set is very heelish. Uh, so I see Kenny Omega turning on Adam Page and leading FTR, and FTR are gonna be the tag team champions. I see Sean Spears going after Brody Lee in the TNT Championship, and I see Kenny Omega going after John Moxley because we're coming up on one year. Yeah. At uh, full gear will be one year. Uh, to the day that him and Moxley had that uh, hardcore match, and it's still the pin tweet on his Twitter. And it's been his pin tweet for a really long time. Interesting. About it's gonna come back for him. Wow. So, huh. I put a lot of different things together there. I've been thinking about this for a really long time. <laughs> so this should be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So FGR is gonna win. That's that's my prediction. Nice. Uh, and then in the weirdest match, I don't know if I can get behind this. I, I really like their first match. Their second match was great, except for the finish was really, really quirky and yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but this match, I don't know if they're just trying too hard. And I understand Jericho's a, a genius when it comes to matches and, like, you know, he came up with the money in the bank and all that other good stuff. But they're. It's going to be Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassie in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Now, the match can be won by pinfall submission or, get this, throwing the opponent into a tank of Mimosa. Apparently, there's going to be two tanks of Mimosa on either side of the ring, and those are the three ways you can win. So I, I don't care who wins this, to be completely honest with you. I really do want Chris Jericho and Orange Cassie to kind of go away from each other. They've ran its course, I That's feel true. like, now to this point. Um but I do think Orange Cassidy gets the victory because he he's clearly being positioned as one of the top guys. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, if he loses and he goes, he gets thrown into the mimosa. He could always be Orange Cassidy, um, <laughs> you know, or they could end it in a draw. Adam Page in a drunken rage comes out and actually drinks both mimosa tanks to emptiness. <laughs> Uh, there's so many different things you could do here, but I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I've been in and out of AEW and wrestling all together, and there's been a lot of talk about Jericho as well as Orange Cassidy, like their, you know, their matches and their storyline and everything. Um, I love both. You know, Jericho is one of my all-time favorites. Orange Cassidy is great, uh, but there just wasn't a lot for me here that said. I want to go ahead and watch this. And actually, when I saw the the promo for this that Jericho showed on uh, last week's Dynamite, my wife was laughing her ass off. 
<laughs> oh yeah, me too. I I laughed so hard. He did such like a good job of showing it. Then it's like the Mimosa Mayhem match. Yeah. I was just like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> I'm trying a little bit too hard. Yeah, I agree. Um. So you're gonna go with Orange Cassidy? Who are you gonna go with? I'll go with Orange or Cassidy. Sure. Orange or Cassidy? I'll go with that too. And in the main event, we got a feud that has been building up so fantastically. They've only come together one time physically, and it's when John Moxley dropped MGF on his head with the paradigm shift. Um, this match is going to be fantastic. It's been built fantastically with their storytelling and their promos. These are two of the best promos in all of professional wrestling. I'll argue with anybody that John Moxley was one of the best promos in WWE when he was there, and he is currently my favorite promo uh, in AEW with MJF a close second. So this is John Moxley versus MJF uh, for the AEW World Championship. Moxley is banned from using the Paradigm Shift, uh, which is his finishing move. Uh, Mike, who do you have winning this match? I have John Moxley. Um, nothing against MJF. Tremendous talent. Uh, future World Championship. Future TNT Champion. Future Tag Team Champion. You name it, he will probably get it all. The guy has a nice four-year contract with AEW. Tony Khan making sure that that was absolutely secured when he saw the talent that is MJF. But at the end of the day, at the end of the night, John Moxley wins. You know, obviously... The paradigm shift is banned. The Death Rider is not. Oh, that's very true. It's true. Death Rider's not, and like Moxley said in his promo, you just made John Moxley have to come up with more creative ways to try to kill you. <laughs> so MJF, I think, wrote his death warrant, and uh, I think the Death Riders come to collect. Uh, as much as I love MJF, and I do think he deserves to be the AEW champion, uh, John Moxley he has one more feud left in him after this. Um, give him the title for a little while longer. It's been entertaining. Uh, the matches have been great. Uh, and I, like I said, I do think Kenny Omega is coming after, uh, coming after John Moxley after this. Do you think uh, John's wife makes an appearance now that she's no longer with WWE? I do because she, MJF brought her up in the promo. Yep. So I do think that she shows up somehow, whether that, MJF abducts her or takes her high, you know, yeah. holds her yep. against John Moxley somehow, and then you really see John Moxley go lose his go shit. Yeah, crazy. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go with John Moxley. Very nice. Well, that pay per view, folks, September fifth, twenty twenty. It is available on pay per view. I will be getting it. It's tradition. Nikos will be getting it. I'm sure we'll talk about Absolutely. the results of it um, at the next episode of our podcast. Nico, say any last words of wisdom before we wrap it up tonight? No, I just want to say I'm having so much fun doing these podcasts and I'm having so much fun interacting with people on Instagram. The Synthwave community has been great. The Cyberpunk community has been great. Just everybody has been super awesome. No negativity. Everyone's super positive. And uh, we're going to keep doing these episodes and uh, like this week we talked to Super Nintendo. Next week we might talk 80s music or 90s music or 80s movies, whatever. Yep. Um, it's going to be what we'd like to talk about, and but we're going to try to make it as interesting as possible for um, the folks at home. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following us on Instagram. It's been, it's been a blast. I look forward to this. Same here. Uh, starting not to look forward to our casual more <laughs> podcast sometimes. 
Um, but this I'm looking forward to every week uh, or every two weeks that we do them. So just please keep listening. You're going to keep getting great content from us. So absolutely well thanks nikos i love doing this with you it's nice to mix it up man what a great episode you know super nintendo being one of my favorites and again just the uh, myriad of different topics we can touch i mean look what we did today we did retro gaming we did a little bit of synth wave pop wave whatever you want to say and we're talking a little bit about wrestling so who knows what else you'll hear on the synthetic logic podcast And if for some reason you didn't listen to last month's episodes, those episodes are available at your favorite podcast provider, iTunes, the Android Store, FeedBurner, Overcast. We're all over the damn place. And just like Nico said, Spotify as well. So just look up the Synthetic Logic Podcast. And if you can rate the podcast in that particular podcast platform, then please give us one stars, two stars, three stars, four star, five stars. If you don't want to do that, then please let us know why we are not a five star podcast. And if anything else, Please, please spread the word so the Synthetic Logic podcast can continue to grow and we can continue to do great episodes, get interviews, and talk about whatever else is out there in this terrific pop culture world. I'm Mike Murtis for the Synthetic Logic podcast. Nikos, thanks again for joining us on the show. You have a great night, sir. And until next time, Mike and Nikos, the Buddy Cop podcast partners, out.